Bovcast, a podcast exploring Reformed theology through the works of Herman Bovink. Hey, Bov Squad. This is Andrew from Bovcast. I am this week not joined by my regular co-host, Caleb Castro. Given that it's the middle of the semester, the middle of March, he's currently buried alive by midterms and papers and the work that goes with his last semester of seminary and i'm sure he would appreciate your prayers as he works through that Uh, just as a personal news for me just last week i passed i sustained my candidacy exam in the united reformed churches in north america at the meeting of classes southwest u.s i've been working on that for months that's a huge praise and a huge relief for me But in light of that, I'm taking a little time off for some rest and recovery and relaxation. We hope to get back to you with some new content soon. But in the meanwhile, we wanted to share something with you that we recorded probably about a month ago now with the Restless Podcast. Caleb and I both appeared on there to record uh, an episode of Restless on five things that you should know about Herman Bovink geared towards the young, restless, and reformed, perhaps those new to reformed theology. So if you're coming into Bobcast maybe later on, uh, wondering a little what we do here and why, and why Bob Inc. was important, and a little about who he was, uh, this is a good starting off point. Gives you some good basic information, background about who Bob Inc. was and what he was about. And and we enjoyed our time with Matt and Pastor Michael on Restless. It's a good show, part of our Society of Reform podcast. We'd encourage you to subscribe and check them out as well because they're doing a lot of good work over there. So without any further ado, this is Bobcast on Restless. Bobcast. This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a postmortem on the young, restless, and reformed. I'm your host, Matt, joined by Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael, do you want to know a statement that's it's hard to beat in truth? Uh, I, I, I'm very ready. Let's do it. If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that is why we are glad today to be joined by the hosts of the Bobcast. Welcome to Restless, guys. Hey, thanks. Thank it's both. good to be here. Cool. Andrew and Caleb, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, whatever you want people on the internet to know, and about the Bobcast. Well, uh, number one, uh, I am not Dutch. Uh, I am Mexican. Uh, I have been grafted into the Dutch Reformed churches by the workings of the Holy Spirit. Um, (laughs) Right now, I am uh, in my final semester at Mid-America Reformed Seminary in Dyer, Indiana, a very Dutch uh, reformed seminary. You walk in there and there's peppermints and grandfather clocks and paintings of <laughs> Amsterdam and whatnot. Wow. Uh, and yes, after a seminary, I hope to get uh, ordained in the United Reformed Churches of North America uh, as a minister. Uh, with that ordination, most likely I'll get uh, 
you know, a, a new addition to my name, uh, Reverend uh, Caleb Van Castro, Ooh. or perhaps Caleb Castrozma. We'll see. <laughs> Good to be with you guys. And uh, I've been on before. Uh, I was in Alaska, but now I am in Hills, Minnesota, in a Dutch community here, serving at one of the United Reformed Churches, doing pulpit supply and preparing for my ecclesiastical exams. I am also not Dutch. <laughs> According to the ancestry test that my sister took, we're about 99% English, so very boring. Um, but I'm a graduate of Westminster Seminary, California. Um and yeah, also uh, seeking Lord willing ordination in the URCNA, one of the Dutch Reformed denominations here in the US and Canada. So really quick, though, because I'm not Dutch either, but you must be some Dutch, huh? I am not. <laughs> so this is, we are not much, evidently. We're, none of us. Yeah, we are. I didn't claim to be much, but today that's why we are discussing with these guys, Herman Bovink. So Andrew, I don't know if you uh, know this, but when you were on our show, your episode, I don't know if it's because of your dulcet uh, English descended tones. It was a favorite episode of many of our listeners. Really? Yeah. So guys, tell us a little bit about the Bobcast before we jump into um, just talking about uh, Herman Bovink for a little while today. Yeah, so we've been doing Bobcast now for almost two years. Uh, we started at the height of covid we were quarantined we had nothing better to do so us along with our friend mark scaturo who's also was a student at westminster california uh, we talked about doing this show for a while we liked bob inc we thought it would be a good opportunity to dive into his works and so we started doing that um uh, after a few months, Mark, because of the demands of church and family, had to move on, but we've kept it going. Uh, going through works like Herman Boving's Wonderful Works of God, his short systematic theology, we've been doing that from the beginning, as well as taking up other topics, other guests related to Boving, related to Reformed theology, particularly of our Dutch Reformed and Continental Reformed uh, strain of thought. And it's been good. It's been I think helpful to us and hopefully helpful to our listeners as well. I've really enjoyed some of the episodes I've listened to um, about reform theology. I was, I really liked the stuff you guys did on the Noahic covenant in particular, but that was just because that was a interest to me and yeah, listening to some of your interviews with uh, some of the uh, Bavink bros in the, the uh, academic world has been great. And so I think if you're looking to go deeper uh, into reform theology, I think you guys would, yeah, the Bobcast would be a great place to go. So we're doing something here on the show as we try and widen, widen the world, open the world to us is we're having people come on from with different levels of expertise and different on different topics and tell us the five things we should know about it. Because we are as five point Calvinists committed to there are really only five things you need to know about any person or theological system. Everything can be broken down into fives. Because that has not caused any problems in understandings <laughs> of Reformed theology ever. Yeah. So, the, alter the alternative is being a good pastor and uh, doing a three points, right? That is true. Good old three-point sermons. That is true. And so uh, we are uh, limiting things to five is helpful in that um, 
it prevents us from doing the Puritan thing where it's like, here are the 96 things you should know about Herman Bovink yeah, and his yep. theology. And, and the title of my book is three paragraphs long. <laughs> yeah. And so guys, uh, in, in case it's not one of your five things, uh, tell our listeners who may not know, just tell them who Herman, Herman Bovink was. Yeah. And in, in short, Herman uh, Bovink was a 19th century uh, theologian. Uh, he, his work did go into the early 20th centuries, dying in the 1920s. Uh, but he came out of a, a period of uh, separation from a uh, state church that had uh, really liberalized uh, and gone askew, even denying, you know, things of uh, Christ's uh, divinity and the incarnation. So we're talking like real, real liberalism. Uh he uh, he was raised as a, a, a PK, a, a pastor's kid, um, thoroughly sound in the tradition uh, of this church split on the conservative side. Uh, and he would eventually um, himself go into uh, academics. Uh, he would uh, do a doctoral work. Uh, he would, um, which we'll, we'll get into these uh, in just a little bit, actually. But uh, yeah, he would be a pastor, a theologian, uh, a political statesman. He would have engage in work in psychology and education. Pretty much, if there was uh, an area of life to grab onto, he'd be involved in it. Uh, he was very much falling in the way of uh, uh, his friend and something of a predecessor, you could say, um, Abraham Kuyper, uh, who himself had this principle of Christianity as an entire life system, a world and life view. That's great. So... Tell us, number one, what is one of what is the first of the five things we should know about Bob Inc.? So I think something important as we look back on the Young, Restless, and Reformed movement, which of which I was a part, uh, I think it's important to understand that these terms Calvinism and Reformed, they actually mean something. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> I know, right? Wow. <laughs> it's not a mere five points of tulip and then whatever you want to mix in with it. And this was an issue that Herman Bovink was dealing with in his day, him and Kuiper and others. They were a part of a movement known as neo-Calvinism that emerged in the late 20th or late 19th century in the Netherlands. Not to be confused then with new, with Calvinism. new Calvinism. Yes. Like right. talk a lot about on the show. Right. Yes. Totally different. <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe just to briefly sketch out some of the differences. Uh, Neo-Calvinism, as Caleb was saying, uh, was associated with this idea of a world and life view. So Kuiper probably, along with Bob Inc., being one of its most influential figures, he's known for things like his idea of sphere sovereignty, uh, taken up in his lectures on Calvinism and in other places, talking about Essentially, how does Christianity and other cultural institutions like government and science and those sort of things relate to one another? Um, but another thing about neo-Calvinism that would distinguish it from new Calvinism is that neo-Calvinism is thoroughly confessional. Uh, the Dutch Reformed Church is holding to the three forms of unity and their theology and their church practice and that being grounded in that, being grounded in things like the church order of the Synod of Dort, which has gone through various uh, 
various stages of being handed down to the churches that came after. So, yeah. Yeah, we actually have a quote here from uh, Herman Bovink writing in, uh, now note the year, 18, uh, 1894. This was put out in a, a journal uh, of the uh, the Presbyterian and Reformed Review, um, uh, old journal from, uh, if I recall, Princeton. So January 1894, Bovink says, Calvinism is a specific type among the Protestant churches and confessions. Frequently, this type is designated by the name of Reformed. The words Reformed and Calvinistic, however, though cognate in meaning, are by no means equivalent, the former being limited and less comprehensive than the latter. Reformed expresses merely a religious and ecclesiastical distinction. It is a purely theological conception. And that's where Andrew was speaking of uh, reformed uh, in terms of a confessional identity, uh, in terms of shared doctrines and dogma that are professed and adhered to by not just one Christian, but whole groups of Christian in fellowship and accountability to one another. Bobbin continues, though, the term Calvinism is of wider application and denotes a specific type in the political, social, and civil spheres. This is that sphere sovereignty Andrew was saying. It stands for that characteristic view of life and the world as a whole, which was born from the powerful mind of the French reformer. Calvinist is the name of a reformed Christian insofar as he reveals a specific character and distinct physiognomy, not merely in his church and theology, but also in social and political life in science and art. So you could say it is reformed thinking reformed beliefs put into uh specific worldviews and actions how do you live what you believe everywhere because as christians we don't leave our faith at the door when we leave the church right the, the church building it goes with us everywhere that's gold pastor michael do you have any questions or thoughts on on number one here yeah no that's fascinating just thinking you know in terms of our context especially um, where you know calvinism was limited down to uh just a you know a couple of doctrines even those were kind of like you know give or take but in a lot of ways um the you know new the new calvinist movement was more so a social cultural movement mm -hmm. and so i'm just i'm just trying to think uh how these two things uh you know it it interest me. I know that they're not the same thing. They don't really overlap even necessarily, but, but to hear that he speaks of Calvinistic as primarily, uh, almost social cultural, uh, the, the a world way it's embodied, a more, more of a worldview. Yeah. Than a, that's a, than a set of doctrines. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Which, mm -hmm. which, which is kind of the reverse of what we've done. And even what we do on the show is right. Because in new Calvinism, when you said I'm a Calvinist, all that meant were the five points. And so we've said reform describes a actually broad set of confessional reform theology, which is kind of what he's using. But he says to say I'm a Calvinist actually refers to you applying reform theology the way Calvin did to write various spheres. Um, yeah. And actually, that's uh, if uh, Andrew wants to speak a little more on that. Uh, that he's pulling this idea very much from Abraham Kuyper in his uh, lectures on Calvinism, where basically Kuyper is saying, look, the Islams aren't just a, a, a religious institution or a set of religious beliefs. It's a whole uh, life system. 
okay, that they have uh, ways of particular living distinct to them. And same with Roman, uh, Roman Catholics, particularly in that period. I don't know, uh, Andrew, anything else with that? I do think one thing we do need to add as we look at these definitions of Calvinism and look at this idea of neo-Calvinism, just a caveat, there are some, as with many good ideas and good uh, systems of theology and whatnot that have taken it off to places where maybe it shouldn't go and doesn't belong. There is a particular strain uh, that could be known in more like academic circles as like neo-Kyperians, uh, where they essentially, you know, take some of this foundation of, of, of Calvinism as a Christian world and life view and really press it into like this over-realized eschatology, trying to redeem this world, redeem this creation, where the focus becomes very much uh, too much on things like social justice and things of that sort. And so there, there is some caution to be expressed mm -hmm. there. Um, I think a lot of the problem a lot of the problems come where the idea and the energy and the, the, the praxis of wanting to apply these things gets unmoored from its confessional and biblical mm. basis. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is something even potentially in our, after this interview, I would, I would be interested in, uh, you know, right. The thing you shouldn't do is you should never do the Calvin versus the Calvinist. But I would be interested mm -hmm. in a bit in doing potentially some of the neo-Calvinists versus Bovink and Kuiper. That would be probably not interesting to our whole audience, but it's something <laughs> I'd be very interested in. So, mm -hmm. all right, that was that's great. Give us number two. What's the second thing we should know about Bovink and his theology? Well, the uh, this actually flows out from that first one. So, if 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 Bovink and uh, in his ilk around that time, uh, see Calvinism as something of an outworking of the reformed beliefs. Uh, additionally, theology is for church life. Hmm. I, I think basically to put this in a nutshell, um, you know, the theology is a fun thing. We get to think about God. It's, you know, it, it's that, that's the base of it. It's a very uh, worthy uh, endeavor, but us who get interested in uh, if you will, the Calvinistic things, the, the, the Calvinistic nuances, Reformed theology, we can get very caught up on the intellectual side of it and forget that theology isn't meant to be a uh, just a contemplative exercise. It's not just supposed to be us sitting in ivory towers or nice uh, armchairs and whatnot. Uh, pontificating on, you know, the things that the little people can understand. No, theology has uh, head, heart, and hands in mind. It is always for the church and service of the church. And the moment we disconnect that, we lose uh, the whole point of theology. Mm -hmm. I think something, too, applying this to the young, restless, and reformed is... Uh, I know I, I had some of these issues early on and, and others who have as well. When you come from a not reformed or not Calvinistic background and you discover these doctrines, you can suddenly become like very like hostile and very divisive and causing problems in whatever church you're a part of. Say it, the cage stage. Weird. Yeah, the cage I, don't stage. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it never, it never happened to us, but maybe it was for you. That's right. Born sages. Where yeah. 
where you have these guys there imbibing so much of this new theology and good theology, but kind of just doing it as a solo exercise. And they almost become like a terror, a problem to their churches. And what good is theology if it's not done the way that he intends us to do it, which is in the community of faith, in the body, uh, with and for each other. Um, I'm a big fan personally of the idea that if somebody becomes reformed, they should get in a reformed church if they can. I know a lot of people try to stay behind and think, well, I'm going to change it. I'm going to, I'm going to get everybody else to come with me because if they just heard it, they'd believe. And, and that never really seems to work out that well. <laughs> and most people aren't willing to put in your entire life, which is what that will take. You know, like it's, it's not going to happen in the next year. Um, it's going to be the rest of your life if that's your endeavor and probably your children's lives too. If you're trying to, you know, uh, change an entire tradition of a church. Man, all I have to add is definitely amen to what Caleb said on theology. How does that work out in what Bavink does in his system of thought? How does he do theology for the church? Um, well, there's there's two uh, <clears throat> there's two facets of it. Um, one uh, one is kind of a, the approach, but uh, and the second will be kind of like as you could say a, a, an example of how he actually what it looks like for him. Um, one is that uh, it's it's always uh, from the foundation of scripture. You cannot get away from uh, doing theology if you have not done uh, exegetical studies or it's simply even just going to scripture and studying it exhaustively in uh, its range of topics, not proof texting. But second, you, you go and uh, you look throughout church history on what various theologians have said concerning that uh, the, those same scriptural passages that you are looking at. So you, in other words, don't do theology isolated. You don't do theology by yourself. You're not a lone gunslinger in the wild west trying to, you know, uh, be a theological vigilante putting down, you know, errors. You uh, have to look at what other voices have said. And the number one place for that is in the confessions uh, throughout various traditions. Then you come to your answers, merging scripture confession and uh presenting it now for a different time in your own context um for bovink uh andrew actually uh wrote uh we're, we're writing some notes on this andrew actually wrote this note down that uh you know bovink was a pastor um he was only a pastor for a year but he was very 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 active in church matters um and he was around in a time where there was a bit of a church uh, battle in his own denomination. Um, some of the kind of more traditional or super conservative guys with the a uh, little bit more Kyperian neo-Calvinist guys were butting heads on how to do things. Uh, Bobbing was at the center of uh, keeping hostilities down and trying to find a mediating voice mm. Um you know, he, 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 schism was not something that we do, uh, lightly. Um, I mean, that, that, and then that's especially what Andrew's point is there in, you know, we don't just try to go around causing problems and bashing them over the head with, you know, theological fine points, but we should seek to always do what maintains, uh, love in our discussions. And in fact, continuing on what Caleb said about schism, uh, Bob Inc., 
uh, was very instrumental in something the opposite of a schism helped to bring two separate groups that had broken off of the Dutch state church. So there was the, I'm going to butcher these pronunciations, but the, the Gerefermd Kerk, the <laughs> better known as the Christian Reformed Church, and itself was the forerunner of the Christian Reformed Church in North America as their members immigrated to the U.S. and Canada. But that was the group Bavink had grown up in. His father was a pastor, was in. And then there was a later offshoot group uh, known as the Dolianti. And this was the group that Abraham Kuyper was a part of. And so Kuyper and Bavink together, along with others, worked to orchestrate a merger of these two churches, you know, basically having common cause, having rejected the liberalism of the state church and worked to bring that unity. And it took a while and it took a lot of fighting at the ecclesiastical level, some very contentious synods and other meetings. But but it was something that Bavink, even no longer being a pastor, because he only was a pastor for that one year early in his career, as a professor, still remained active and interested in trying to help the church in whatever way that he could. Do you have any questions or comments on this? No, that's great. Um, I think it's a great example. I think you see it even um, in his systematic theologies where right? We do exegesis of scripture. He does kind of a historical overview of the doctrine. And then he kind of gives his uh, uh, synthesis, not to use a loaded term for uh, what he then does. Um, and sure. so I think, I think in that way, his uh, systematics are a really helpful intro to people because you get this, this solid reform scriptural work, but you also get a review of everything that went, went before. Bobcast. So thanks again to Matt and Pastor Michael at Restless for letting us come on and talk Bob Inc. We will have the rest of that for you next week, or you could go get it anytime from the Restless podcast feed. As always, if you have any questions, any comments, you can reach out to us, bobcast at gmail.com or our various social media platforms. We hope you enjoyed this. We hope you learned something, and we hope you'll join us again next time. And until then... Thank you for listening to Bobcast. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest Bobcast news and updates, visit bobcast.com or follow us on social media. Bobcast is a member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. Subscribe to the Society of Reformed Podcasters feed for more great shows. Bobcast is edited and produced by me, Heidi Smith. Music is City of God by Rudy Manrique. We hope you'll join us again next time.